guys. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And let's jump right into an episode of Queer's Folk. Yeah, so we're at episode 113 today. Mm. Uh, yeah, really good episode. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, it's like the same show, but it just, I don't know, in a way it felt yeah. like they just kind of set things up in different ways. Yeah. yeah, I mean... Just the flow of this episode was different. Uh, it was just a really good episode. Really, really good. Yeah, it was juicy. Um, my heart <laughs> broke throughout the episode. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, felt all kinds of emotions. Yeah, yeah. it was highs and lows, highs and a lows. good 95% of it red in the face. <laughs> yes, no. Girl, I died through this episode, okay? Yeah. Okay, so let's get into it, because I'm really excited <laughs> about this one. So we open up at Brian's office, mm-hmm. and he is with two of his co-workers, Bob and Brad, mm-hmm. and they are pitching their going to pitch their idea to him for a campaign they're working on, and... Kip Thomas comes in. He's a newbie at the office. So he's kind of sitting in on this meeting. Mm-hmm. And Brian is not very impressed with Bob and Brad's presentation. He gives Kip an opportunity to speak into it, you know, give his ideas, right. share his input. And he comes up with something that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, know? he was fresh. Yeah. Fresh idea. Fresh idea, exactly. Mm-hmm. And Brian respects talent. And so he gives him the green light to, you know, run with his ideas. So like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. This young guy, fresh on the scene. And, you know, we're going to see what happens with him. Right. And he was ambitious. So, yeah. I mean, you know, Brian connected with that. Yeah, exactly. Because he's very much that way, very driven and could probably remember, you know, when he was first starting out. Mm-hmm in the ad business. And we find out that he's been there for two months right. been at, at Ryder for two months. Uh, so we leave Brian's office and go over to Melanie and Lindsay's house and they are hosting a baby shower for Franny and Zoe. <laughs> you know, so they are kind of that group there, that group of friends. Like we know not all lesbians want kids, but this, mm-hmm. you know, it makes sense that Melanie and Lindsay have kind of surrounded themselves with people who are like-minded. Like-minded, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, we can babysit for each other. Our kids can hang out together. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. But anyway, so, you know, they're having that uh, baby shower and those ladies kind of look up to them like role models. Yeah. Um, Which is a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, just calling someone a role model and putting all that pressure on them when you have no idea what the what inner really workings are really on. going yeah. on. It's yeah. And, and so you saw Mel and Lindsay like both facing that, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, they think of us like that. And, and they felt that weight and that pressure of like what people mm-hmm. really, what they think our life is like, and we know what it's really like. Exactly. Exactly. And they're really good at putting on this front, like everything is perfect. We're the perfect family. But on the inside, I yeah. mean, they got some demons working right over there <laughs> yeah. right now. And you can tell that Mel's kind of getting a little tired of the pretending. Yeah, she don't want to keep that face up. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. Uh, so because of that, Mel walks away and she goes to another little area. You know, all the happy, cheery stuff is kind of getting on her nerves. So she goes to another area and she meets a lady named Marianne McDonald. Mm-hmm. And so she's chatting with her. And during the chat, Marianne describes herself as a career dyke. And I was thinking, <laughs> you know, it's probably Mel's life before Gus. Even uh-huh. when she's with Lindsay, like we know she's a, a lawyer and we know she's good. She's probably, you know, like cutthroat, very mm-hmm. career driven. And uh, so I think, you know, she connected with that. It was kind of this reminder of before all this baby mm-hmm. stuff, that's what life was like. It was someone that was like a, a younger, or maybe not even younger, but just a mirror image of her, like you said. Yeah. She connected with it. And um, she was attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, she was sharpshooter, sharp with the wit, just yeah. like her. Uh-huh. Yeah, they had a lot in common. Mm-hmm. A lot in common. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it wasn't like obvious flirting. It was stuff that could be written off as mm-hmm. innocent at that point, but there was something. Right. But male always have those um, great side convos. Yeah. Like with the Dr. Davids uh-huh. pulling into the side. She always has the best side convos. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I was happy for her to find, well, in a way, right here at this point, just in like five minutes into the episode, I was happy for her to find somebody that she felt like she could talk to on a different level. Right. Yeah. Because she couldn't connect with anyone else. She wasn't into that happy, you yeah. know, all the baby talk. She's tired of the baby. Yeah. She's, she, she's, she's tired. a little fed up with baby yeah, talk right now. She's done with that. Yeah. Then we go over to Babylon with Michael, Brian, Ted, and Emmett. And Brian is talking about their trip to P-Town. And it sounds like this is something something that they've done before, maybe mm-hmm. like an annual thing at least. But this is something that they that they do, which is kind of cool to imagine them like taking these little road trips together. Mm-hmm. And Brian says, well, you know, I'll get the reservations for three. 
And then Michael's like, three. <laughs> Feeling a certain type of way. Yeah, and he yeah. says, yeah, me and Ted and Emmett. Uh, and so Brian is still kind of taking shots at him about his relationship. Always. But it's not the same as it was before. They both kind of accepted, okay, Michael's life is going to move in this direction with right. Dr. David now. No. Absolutely. Yeah. So he's just being Brian, but it doesn't have that same, mm-hmm. you know. But Michael don't want to let it go. No. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, boy, you got a whole man at the house. Yeah. You don't need to go to no P-Town yeah. with all the drugs. What would you do? Yeah. What would there? you do? Just, I guess drive Brian around, you know, when he's drunk or whatever. I guess they do need a designated driver. <laughs> they do need uh-huh. a DG. Uh, but he says, David said I could go. Almost like this is his dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he asked permission yeah. to go see the other gay boys. Yeah. Uh-uh. And so while this is going on, on. We see Emmett over there, you know, and Emmett has on a turtleneck at Babylon. <laughs> I gotta imagine it's a thousand degrees inside of Babylon. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, like, this boy got a turtleneck on in the club. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and not only that, he, well, you can tell just, like, visibly on his face he's not himself, but also he's drinking a beer. And not that mm-hmm. Emmett's never had a beer, but usually he's got a Cosmo in his yep. <laughs> But a beer is the straighter Yeah, yeah. So you can just see, like, Emmett is really committing himself to Mm -hmm. this path that he's on. And so they're like, hey, Emmett, come dance with us. Come get on the dance floor. They're kind of like, why aren't you your normal self? And so he's like, yeah, I'll be there in a minute. Just kind of buy some time. You can see him stalling. Yeah, to Mm -hmm. call his sponsor. So he calls Matt. Uh, and then he meets up with Matt. This is Matt from See the Light. And as they're talking, Emmett is gesturing with his hands. Mm-hmm. You know? And then Matt kind of grabs his hand and puts it down on the table. Yep. Almost like... These little mannerisms here. Yeah, yeah. Like gotta, all your gay yeah. mannerisms. You got to let mm-hmm. all that go. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then you also, in that scene, we get a look at, a full look at Emmett's outfit. And he's completely monochromatic. And it's like, mm-hmm. Emmett, if Emmett's not wearing five colors... <laughs> right. No, seriously. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's not happy. But here he's, you know, got all that brown on. Mm-hmm. His hair's different. And just everything about him um, is just different. But one thing I, I, I kind of like about Matt, even though I feel like this sea delight is a little bit over the top. Yeah. Um, it's bad news bears. Yeah, exactly. But what I what I like about it is that Matt isn't extremely pushy. I feel like he's trying to coach him, let him know like, hey, we've all been down this path. You know, if you're really, truly interested, I can be your example. He shows him a picture of him being a drag queen. Yeah. You know, you know, and I, but I feel like that's definitely how Matt's acting. But I'm like, that's brainwashing one-on-one because they mm-hmm. try to connect with you and try to relate to you. Like Emmett is telling him like, I was going to waste all this money on Barbra Streisand concert tickets. And he's like, I have these desires and I'm doing all these things and I'm sick. And Matt's like, but there's a cure. I understand right, you. Yeah. I was there before. And so, yes, he's relating to him, mm-hmm. but it's it's with an it's ulterior motive, you know? Yeah, you're right. Uh, you're right. I agree. Yeah, because then he says, you know, when he shows him the picture of him being a drag queen, he says, but who knew that underneath all of that, well, you know, first... And it's like, well, you seem so straight. You yeah. Know, really he's like, thank you. <laughs> you know? I worked hard What at a it. compliment. Yeah. But anyway, he says, you know, underneath those dresses and wigs, there was a conservative Republican computer analyst that was waiting to mm-hmm. be revealed. And I think in that, I was like, oh, so now you reveal the real goal of See the Light. Mm-hmm. It's not find yourself because ourself, that's a very ambiguous, abstract thing. Exactly. But this is like, find your conservative, straight Republican self. Yep. <laughs> no, true. True. Mm-hmm. And you can definitely see, you know, the wheels turning, Emmett's battling within himself. Yeah. And uh, just touchy little situation. Yeah, I know. It is. But Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, this whole speech about See the Light started about finding yourself and healing emotionally and mentally. But now we're kind of starting to see the real the right. real motive of it. Uh, it doesn't seem too loving. No. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's like, be straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get rid of whoever you have to in your life. Uh, stop doing whatever you used to do and be straight. Yeah. And then at the end of their conversation, he starts telling him, you you know, you may have to distance yourself from your friends. They don't Ugh. understand this new path you're on. So isolation, that's another part of, brain, mm-hmm. of brainwashing you. Get you away from everybody who knew you before. Pull you over here with just us. Exactly. And then they can let all the brainwashing take, yeah. you know, take over yep. because you have no one else but them. But something good, something that's happening here is, is what you were saying earlier. Matt is very supportive and yes. Emmett is needing support in this. He's like, I made this commitment. I made this promise to God and he is needing to feel supported mm-hmm. and he's not finding that anywhere else. But Matt is offering Yes. It. Yeah. That's what I was trying to go with that. Yeah. Thank you for looping that back in. <laughs> yeah. I do appreciate No, that. I knew, I knew where you yes. were going. I got you always. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> okay. So then we go back to Brian's office and Kip comes to his office to basically thank him for like, hey, I heard you're going to use my idea and you know, thank you for that. I appreciate it. And because Brian is giving him an opportunity to prove himself. Uh, he also reveals during this little uh spot here that he kind of lied and that's oh, to Brian, you know, that's how yeah. he got into into that meeting. Well, who doesn't want to work with Brian Kinney? I know. Like, he's the best at everything. <laughs> yeah. So that's what he said. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what he tells us. Like you have a reputation, you know. Absolutely. For uh, and I think But he, did you peep that Brian thought he meant something else. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then he turned he took it to work and then Brian was like, oh yeah, that too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh but you know, Kip is so, so grateful. He's like, mm. you can count on me for anything. Day, day or night. Day or night. <laughs> yeah. Girl. Uh and in case that wasn't clear enough, then he like, you know, was making moves on him and putting his hands all over him, almost down his pants. But I saw that coming. <laughs> yeah. You can see that in Kip's eyes. Okay. Yeah, I wish y'all could have seen Kip's like whole posture change. Yeah, no, I jumped up. Like, yeah, he's like, I know what's about to happen next. <laughs> I could feel it. Like from the moment he walked in the office, he couldn't stop looking at Brian. Yeah. I mean, like the first he, scene. He's attracted. I mean, yes, Brian's handsome, but it's that power. Yes. It's like, this is the person who is thriving in the career that I uh-huh. want. And so I think he was attracted to that power mm-hmm. that Brian has too. True. But, you know, even as Kip's doing all this and making all these kind of innuendos and double entendres, uh, Brian is for the most part keeping it pretty professional, yeah. you know? So he himself is not overtly crossing any lines because mm-hmm. I think he's just kind of like, I recognize like, what's going on, yeah. but he's not really jumping on it. Uh-huh. I mean, and Kip was a thirst trap. Okay. I mean, he was not subtle <laughs> in nothing. Okay. No. I mean, you said almost putting it. No, his hands was down the pants. <laughs> and Brian had to low-key check him to yeah. get your hands up out of there. Yeah. And then show you over to the door. Uh, So, yeah, like I said, Brian initially kept it professional. But then after a while, he was like. Well, he showed him to the door just he so did. he could lock it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they proved just how strong and sturdy that glass desk is. Girl. <laughs> They made that table popping. Okay. Like, oh my God. I was like dying. Okay. I don't know what type of glass that is, but I need that. <laughs> I do. I need that. Yeah. They had at least, they both got to be at least 180 pounds. Yeah. So they had damn near 400 pounds of thrusting <laughs> on his glass desk. That's I mean, true. it was going down. That was a hot scene. I, ooh, girl, I can see it all. Oh I gotta God. move us on. We will be here all night. Oh. Uh, okay, so then we see Brian has obviously told Michael about what happened in his office. Michael is like, oh my gosh, I can't mm-hmm. believe you did that in your office. Why is he so surprised? I know. It's like, it's do you Brian. not know your friend? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I guess maybe it's just never been with a coworker. must be because right. we saw, you know, in one of the early episodes where it was the, the, it client, was the client came in, yeah. they were in the mm-hmm. bathroom. And so maybe it's never been a coworker that he's going to be seeing repeatedly and in his office. Right. Yeah. And he knows the dangers that can come along with that. Yeah. You know? But, I, but Brian felt like even in the Jeep, it was like, no, we're two consenting adults. What's mm-hmm. the problem? What's the issue? Yeah. And I didn't do it. He came on to me. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But you have to realize when you're a supervisor, yeah, you, you, know, you don't like, have that freedom to, you do, not. to do that. Yeah. Definitely not on, on the clock. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah. not. Uh, and then Brian also tells us about his exploits at the big Q with Santa's helper. <laughs> Yeah. And girl, whatever he was lacking in um, feet. Yeah, he, he made, made up, up in size. Size. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. One um, of Santa's good little helpers. Yeah. Um, and so Michael just tells him at that point to be careful. All right. So then we have to go back to Melanie and Lindsay's house. And uh, Mel says to Lindsay, don't you ever get tired of being cheery? Because Lindsay, she's on the phone with mm-hmm. Zoe and Franny talking about the baby and talk, they're, you know, they're thanking them for the shower. And, you know, Lindsay's just... Yeah, it's being upbeat. Being yeah, Lindsay. being upbeat. Being Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And Mel's like, don't you ever get tired of that. Don't you get tired of being cheery. And Lindsay says, you have no idea. Because she's tired of That pretending. was shading her. Yeah. That was some negative. Yeah. yeah. She's tired of pretending and limping along also. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Mel says, well, I'm tired of putting in long hours so you can stay with the baby. So go be with him. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't feel she doesn't feel like a priority uh, or that Lindsay respects her sacrifice. You know what she's doing so that Lindsay, she feels like well, Lindsay's getting her way and Gus is getting his way. But she's getting no reward for her I mean, sacrifice. I can dig that. But yeah. now, right. you know, normally I'm always team male. But Lindsay is trying to do the best she can do, trying to be the best wife, the best mom, everything she can do. And I understand you're frustrated, but you're not meeting her. I mean, no way. 
And the other thing is, this is parenthood. Yes. Like, that's what it means to be a parent. She sounds jealous sac- of the baby. She's jealous of the baby, which this, that happens. That's normal. That happens in straight relationships, gay relationships. But she's jealous of the baby. It's like, that's what it means to be a parent. Mm-hmm. Like, Lindsay has to prioritize the kid. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, and male should, too. But it's just like, that's part of it. And so maybe there were a lot of things they should have talked about before they actually had this kid. I Thank mean, you. it's too late now. Mm-hmm. But it seems like they should have had... It almost seems like one day they woke up and were like, let's have a baby. Exactly. And there was no other conversations <laughs> yeah. about, like, you know, the structure yeah, of this like relationship. Yeah, like what parenthood looks like in practice, not mm-hmm. just in theory. And so I think Mel kind of lost sight of that, too. You know, and and yes, you know, other times we talked about how there were things that Lindsay could have done or how she could have handled situations differently. But at this, it's like you said, in this one, Mel is not, you know. Yeah, she's. Not trying to yeah. you know, meet her anyway. No, she's I not mean, even trying to meet her like a fourth of the yeah, way. Yeah, no, like <laughs> where? What do you want from Lindsay? Yeah, you want to just throw Gus away? I mean, right. like what? But I like what um what um Lindsay said to her. She said something around the, uh, the lines of um, this is for. Our, our, for us. Right. So our child is raised by us and yeah, not a stranger. Like, it's not me getting my way and getting yeah. what I want and you're the only one having to sacrifice. Yeah, this is for our child, for mm-hmm. the family that we're trying to build. Yeah. Absolutely. But so anyway, Mel's had enough of it and she leaves for a smoke. And then over at Emmett's apartment, he is throwing out his uh, VHS <laughs> porn collection. I cried. He's, yeah, he's degaying his whole house. Yes. I cried so hard. As in tears of laughter yeah. with those names. The- it said, <laughs> yeah. Shaving Ryan's Privates. Okay? Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was no good. But I was also hurt, too, yeah. that he literally is erasing right. his, his life. Is. Maybe if even if he is changing for the better, you know, if, if, that's, yeah. for, if, that's, if that's what he wants, I don't think that you can have, you, you should have to erase right. who you were in the past. Right. I'm all for personal evolution. Like, I'm on my own evolution journey, have been for about a year and a half, you know, where you just kind of grow and learn Mm -hmm. and change. And there are things that used to fit you that don't fit you anymore, things you never tried before that you want to give a shot, Mm -hmm. you know. And um, so I'm all for a personal journey. But to say I cannot be that part of me anymore, like I have to shut, like he's ignoring that that is even a real part of him. He's like, no, that can't be anymore. No, Mm -hmm. you know. And so, like you said, it's not this natural just like growth process of mm-hmm. just shutting off and denying. Exactly. You know, he doesn't have any gray area. Everything is black and white. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I have to be straight. I got to get rid of all my gay things. Yeah. Like there's no middle ground. So as he's doing that, Ted and Michael show up and um, he is telling his friends, he's going to you know stand before them and tell them that I've decided to explore the part of me that isn't gay. Uh, he says, I'm going to find my way back to my true self. And that's what I was saying earlier is like, no, that's not what See the Light is helping you do. They're not right. finding you back to your true self. Mm-hmm. They're fi- they're helping you find your way to this predetermined, established thing that they want you to be. Mm-hmm. That is true. But when your mind is set up, I mean... Like you said before, he's only getting the support from See the Light. Yes, because Anytime he tried to bring up the mic, like when he brought it to Michael and Ted, they didn't, they, yeah, they, they didn't support They make him. jokes, they're not yeah. receptive, you know, and I mean, all, the, all this is going to do is just push him further away. Yeah. And that's what it's doing. And they were upset because they feel like someone's been lying to and manipulating their friend. And so they're upset and they're like, no, Emmett, don't do that and don't listen to them. And I'm sure they're telling you all kinds of crap, don't listen. But Emmett isn't taking that as like, you know, his friends loving him and right. trying to reach him. He's taking it as his friends attacking him, him yeah. and mocking him. Yeah, he's like, mm-hmm. you don't support me. This is serious to me. Whether you agree with it or not, it's serious to me and you don't have my back on it. I agree with him, though, on that note. Yeah. Because just because they don't find it serious, it's something that is serious to him. To him I'm yeah. not saying they have to agree with it. But I think they should at least try to see where he's coming from. Yeah. And then maybe they can persuade him in a different way, mm-hmm. you know, to see their light. Well, and that happens in friendships, you know, where one of them is trying to make change. I mean, even if it's just like, I'm not going to eat gluten anymore. Right. And everybody else is mocking you, making fun of you. you know? mm-hmm. And so that's something that happens in friendships where a person has committed themselves to something. And some sometimes you'll have friends who don't support you. So I mm-hmm. do understand where yeah. exactly where Emmett's coming from. Um, But as they're leaving there, you know, Ted and Michael are still not happy about this. And so we see them later and Ted is telling Michael, you know, that 
it's the HIV scare that that um, that causes. And uh-huh. I do think that's, you know, a large part of it. I it think was. there's something else to it, but that's a large part of it. Um, because I think maybe it had to do something with him being lonely. He made that pact to God. Uh, it was just a lot of factors, I think, yeah. that kind of had went into play. I think it did reveal an insecurity or at least um, kind of like a void or a hole mm-hmm. in him. And so he's searching for something, something mm-hmm. to kind of feel that, possibly even a place to feel where he belongs. You exactly. Know? And so... I do think that the HIV scare and all of that, this promise to God, the see the light, like all that stuff just kind of revealed this thing in Emmett that's searching Absolutely. for something and to belong somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Emmett even knows exactly what it is he's searching for, but he's hoping that he can find it through right. see the light. Oh, so I do want to ask you a question. There are some people who might challenge this storyline for Emmett and think maybe it would have made more sense for Ted. What do you think about that? No, I don't think so. I mean, because... Emmett was the naily bottom. Yeah. He was the more flamboyant, the gayest of the group. If Mm -hmm. you you had to classify it like that. So I think this, I mean, that's a contrast Uh being the gayest to the straightest. Yeah. You know, so I think, I think it's a perfect storyline for him. Yeah. I don't think we would have got the same results from Ted. Um, No. His character is more introverted, you Mm -hmm. know, where Emmett is more outgoing. So we got to see this outgoing person transitioned to something that's more reclusive. Well, yeah, and I don't, because I don't want to say it this way, but I'm going to say it this way. Uh, because Ted more presents to the world as more of a straight person. Yes. You know? I'm not mm-hmm. saying he's hiding who he is, but just, he just looks like a normal straight guy. With his but, clothes, Yeah, his but actions. Emmett is yeah. like, mm-hmm. it's, pretty clear mm-hmm. that it, Emmett is gay, or at least you can make that assumption that Emmett is gay. And so I, I do think you get more of a, this kind of like... A little shock factor. Yeah, the shock with it uh-huh. being him. But also, we know that Emmett's from the South. You yeah. know, he's from Hazelhurst, Mississippi. And mm-hmm. so probably grew up in a place that was very steeped in some legalistic Christianity, whatever, you, you know. know. Uh, and so he already had this connection with God, you mm-hmm. know. And so even if he walked away from some of the rules and, re- and regulations that that very you know, oppressive. But it was instilled uh, in him since he was yeah, a child. of that environment. Mm-hmm. He still kept that connection to God. And so now he's recognizing and remembering some of the mm-hmm. the rules and stuff. So yeah, I do think it makes sense. I mean, it's him. very tricky. To be honest, I struggle all the time. Now, I know this is who I am, but I struggle with, does God love me? Because when you read the books of the Bibles, you know, some of them just really, really bad for the um, yeah. um, homosexual. Mm-hmm. And then you have people out here that are misquoting the scriptures right. or they have used the scriptures just for their own gain to make the homosexual yeah, look Yeah, well, bad. they weaponize Yeah, the they do. Yeah. So every day, I mean, I'm thinking to myself, this is what I say to myself. I mean, I always say, God is an all-knowing God. God is a loving God. He knew who I was going to be beforehand. Is he expecting me just to accept me and yeah. love me? Or do I need to change? Do I need to see the light? Like, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's tricky. It really is. And this is a real situation. It is a real <clears throat> situation. It's a real thing that p- real people go through. And that's why it's unfortunate when groups like this get a hold of those people mm-hmm. who are having those questions and those concerns. It gives them a place to feel welcome and to feel like they belong. But then it's like feeding you this like poisoned right. doctrine or whatever. I'm kind of, I have. I'm not going to say they're like, see the light. But I told you I was meeting up with some of my um, old friends that are really into the church. Uh And they were trying to convince me that, you know, if I really want all the graces and blessings for God, I got to change my lifestyle. Yeah. And I literally try to be an excellent stand-up human being to people. I'm always encouraging, uplifting. You just know my sexual orientation. You know, like, I feel like, who I'm having sex with or in a relationship with does not, you know, define who I am as a person. So why does it matter if I'm not going to receive my, why wouldn't I receive my blessings, my gifts because of that? You know, I don't know. It's crazy. I haven't talked to them in a long time since then. It was like a couple months ago. Yeah. This is a conversation that will continue into next episode because um, it'll be really relevant then. But right here, Ted seems to think that all Emmett needs is just a good roll in the hay to get him back on track. (laughs) And then, you know, just what do you know? Zach O'Toole just happens to be doing a play at the community theater there on on Liberty Avenue. Girl, I'm a fan. (laughs) I want to subscribe. Zach O'Toole is everything. Okay, so before we get there, we got to deal with a little bit more. Um, So Melanie is out at the bar with Marianne and she's having that smoke. And this time the flirting is way more blatant. Which way more obvious. She shouldn't even be at a bar with someone attractive that you got a connection with. Yeah, and so it's like when you made that call, Melanie, that this was the part, like, I just had a a tense conversation with my partner. We're fighting. We're at odds. Okay, so you leave the house because you need a break from the pressures of being a partner and a mom and you make that phone call 
to Marianne's like, mm, yeah. Girl, you could have walked to the park. Yeah. You <laughs> just go sit call. on the porch. <laughs> you called a fierce lesbian uh-huh. to go hang out and have drinks with mm-hmm. who smoked cigarettes and you gave it up. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that you got a cigarette in your hand already lets us know that you're going down the wrong path. Right, exactly. Okay? Yep. Like, that was the first indicator. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we just, you just kind of see this, yeah, just going right off the rails. And the way it was filmed, mm-hmm. I mean, just the little subtle looks they yeah. gave each other. You yeah. Can, you don't have to say much in the flirt. Mm-hmm. It's the look. It was the eye, mm-hmm. the body language. Yeah. And just, you know, the way they're talking to each other, Marianne is just like, you know, she's being a friend and she's just being an ear for mm-hmm. her and this kind of thing. And, you know, as what we said earlier, she's a reminder to Melanie of life before responsibilities and mm-hmm. commitment. And she said, you know, she loves her son, but this is just not looking the way she thought it was going to look. She's not as happy with this as she thought she was going to be. She probably feel caged and not free anymore. Yeah. She's locked up. Yeah. She's not getting any emotion um, from her wife. The baby takes all the, um, the attention. Yeah. The time. Yeah. Yeah, So, Mm -hmm. I mean, like she's like lost. And then, uh, Marianne says to her, whatever is said here at this table doesn't go any further. And just, if I can give some relationship advice, if you're going to confide in somebody, Confide in somebody who cares about you and probably somebody who cares about your partner as well. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> because if you have determined we're in this committed relationship, we want to make this work. You need to surround yourself with people who respect both of you, Absolutely. not just one of you. Because she gave that Vegas statement. Yeah. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That's what I took from that. Like, yeah. girl, stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then we go over to Brian's loft and Justin is asking him not on a date, but to come to Babylon and dance with him mm-hmm. because we all know Brian does not do dates. <laughs> <laughs> no, not and at all. so he like, I don't know, there's just this look on his face as well before he responds to Justin also he tells him no because he, you know, he clearly is going to be doing some work. He's got work out on his table. Uh, but there's just this like look on his face where he's I don't necessarily think that he's contemplating going out. Because, well, maybe he is, but he knows, like, well, even if I wanted to, I can't because I'm working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe it's that look of him. I don't know. Uh, the look was like, it was cute. Justin was asking him to come out with him. It wasn't a date, but come to one of my favorite places. You yeah, know, yeah. Babylon is one of their favorite spots. So, like, come to my place and to see the growth in Justin, I think it kind of uh-huh. gave him a little smile, like yeah. a little smirk. Like, look at you, little baby me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, but it was just this kind of like thing. And then he just kind of like resigns himself to like, well, whatever. It doesn't matter because I can't go because mm-hmm. I'm working. And, uh, you know, that's Justin tells us that dancing helps him concentrate. So he's going to get, you know, great SAT score. Yeah, because <laughs> it makes him concentrate and study hard. Yeah. Uh, so the door buzzes and Justin goes to get it. And, uh, you know, Brian tells him, you know, it's business. You know, um, I'm working and I, somebody's coming over. We're going to work. And then Justin tells Brian, like, well, I just have to find someone else to dance with. You know, that shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> so, yeah, he's just kind of baiting him. But they're so, like, friendly and flirty and comfortable with each other. They're yeah. just so freaking cute. I love that relationship. Like, Yeah, because, I mean, you know, Justin had probably just come over there. They're talking for a little bit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Brian's like, no, nah, I'm working out. I can't go out. And so, like, nothing else is happening between them. But just this level of comfort that they yes, are at with each other. It you is. Know? You can see the growth mm-hmm. over, the, over the episode. How, how Justin just... Fits in with with him. The chemistry is so natural. Yeah. Well, and even when Justin goes over, when they go over to to the intercom, and Justin's like, "Oh, it's Kip." Like he's not like crying. Like, "Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, Kip is coming!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got some other guy coming. He's just kind of like he gave a smirk. Like, yeah, he's kind of like go. amused. Like, oh, Brian's being Brian, you mm-hmm. know, and because he's more in a way, he's more accepting of kind of what they have going on. You know, right? Like, whatever well, he knows what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's not a dumb kid He's no and so he adju- and that's the thing about justin he adjusts to reality and adapts to whatever to re- needs to yeah do. it's like yes he's very idealistic in some ways and he'll continue to be because he's young and he's learning but then when he is faced with what the reality is he can adjust and adapt to that mm-hmm. okay so kip is coming up in the elevator and uh justin hangs back a bit just to kind of like check out like who is this who is this kip checking like, out his competition exactly like <laughs> Do we got a better booty than me? Yeah. Okay. I mean, Kip was fine, though, but he's not cuter than Justin. No, definitely not cuter than Justin. I mean, if we could put... No, Justin's just way better, period. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. so... You know, Kip walks in and he's checking out the loft and he's taking a look around. And then somehow along the tour, he lost his clothes. I don't know All what of happened. Them. All of them. <laughs> yeah. So he just kind of. But girl, he's a little too comfortable. Yeah. I don't know where you've been. You could have crabs, whatever. <laughs> Get about my sheets. Okay. Yeah. 
No, you don't do the sheets, baby. We make a pallet for you on the yeah. floor. We don't know you. Uh, okay, so let's have a chat right here. So this is the second time that Brian has had Kip. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've seen like some people are like, well, he broke his no repeats rule for Kip. I'm like, I don't think it was really that deep. It's not that big a deal because mm-hmm. it was just Brian wasn't going out that night because he had to work. And it's like, well, Kip is here and he's willing. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And also, I think those re- the no repeat rule is when he meets them out at Babylon. Or- These are the same people that's going there every single day and night yeah. looking for a hookup. Yeah. You know, Brian see these same little thirst traps. Mm-hmm. He don't want that anymore. Well, I, I had you once. He's not going to pursue the same person twice. Right. What it is. Like, that mm-hmm. guy just happened to be there. And he's like, whatever. Let's, you know, I'm, right. I'm not going to go out and find somebody else tonight because mm-hmm. I got to be here. So whatever. But it's like, I'm not intentionally going to target and pursue somebody mm-hmm. twice. Now, we know he is breaking that rule with Justin. But yeah, but Justin's I, a different that's story. That's a different story. It's a whole different category. Mm-hmm. But this with here with Kip, like, I'm like, this ain't even that deep. This yeah, ain't no. even that big of a deal. It's not deep at all because he's actually rude to Kip. So, yeah. I mean, it's not that deep. Okay, so then we go over to the theater with Ted and Michael. And they're at Zachel Tool's place. Where is my ticket? <laughs> Okay. I'm upset that I missed the show. I want the encore. Yeah. Ken might have requested that we replay and pause that scene. I mean, I'm, that's, I'm we, we are doing deep investigative research. You know, this was all about. Thank you. You know, building a good yes. podcast. I got to get what... every angle. Okay? Right. Right. And so sometimes we have to do that. We have to watch a scene five times. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, definitely yeah. pause that's... it a couple times. Yes. I want to see facial expressions. That is the work in the kind of <laughs> investigative journalism that we have committed ourselves to. <laughs> Absolutely. Only the best. Yeah. So to Ted, this is like Shakespeare. You know, he is moved to tears by the performance of these Girl, beefy cast members. I clapped. I gave a standing ovation. <laughs> he, he really did. <laughs> uh, and then, so we get this like quick shot of everybody on stage and you're kind of like, oh my gosh, they did that. They showed that. <laughs> they did all of that. Yeah. But then, you know, it doesn't get too gratuitous because like, Later, they show, you know, you get that one shot, but then later when they show them, the camera doesn't go, yeah, like, oh, it it's on a full-body camera, but yeah. That just shows you how much of the Trailblazers this show really was. Yeah. Because, I mean, they gave us the full frontal male nudity. And not one person, it was at least four bodies yeah. we saw. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they didn't keep it all, you know, nasty. They, they yeah. showed what they needed to show yeah. to set the scene. And then they panned up. Yeah. You know? They're going to shoot straight with you, but they're not going to, like, beat you over the head with yeah. it. Or they're not going to do things to, where, to the point where it's uncomfortable, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and thank God they didn't do that. Because if they would have taken it to that extra level, it would have probably, you know, been a bad look yeah, you, for the, the gay community. You will, yeah, you would lose a little bit of your integrity yes. of this show, mm-hmm. you know? Like, Absolutely. I like that they don't run away from things like that, and they, you know, they don't just, like, fade to black. Like, they yeah. really show you things, but it's, you know, some of it is just kind of all in fun or mm-hmm. whatever, or a little bit of shock factor, but it's not But they also the had top. to stay true to the community as well. Exactly. So, so I, I appreciate I that. I felt like they handled yeah, a lot of that really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so after that, they're outside the theater, and um, Ted and Michael are fangirls <laughs> over yes. Mr. O'Toole <laughs> you know Straight his stands. performance okay. yeah it's like you know give the Oscar to Mr. O'Toole here and uh, they are asking him basically like would he be willing to perform for an audience of one? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're trying to set him up with Emmett and Ted offers to pay a thousand dollars. And Michael says, you're out of your mind. He's like, no, Emmett is. And so what you see is Ted is being supportive in his own way, mm-hmm. you know, cause he's like, something's going on with my friend. I want to do something to shake him out of that. I'm going to hold my thoughts till we get there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when you talked about your ticket to this play, are you also going to attend the bed bondage and beyond ribbon cutting? Girl, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Okay. <laughs> it was amazing. Anything Zach O'Toole is in, I'm going. Okay. Yeah. I, I will come check that out. Bad Bondage and Beyond. He's in a new Shakespeare play coming too. Yeah, he sure is. He is just a, what, a versatile actor. Yeah. Mm, just hanging. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. In a couple ways. <laughs> uh, so then Mel and Marianne have arrived at 
Well, we see them at uh, Marianne's house. And then intercut with that, we see Mel going back to her home with Lindsay and her son. And I like how they mix the two of those scenes together. Because here's the thing. When you are in a relationship and then you're having an affair, the relationship doesn't stop when you enter that other person's house. Mm-hmm. Like the, the commitments you made to that person, the promises you made to your partner, they still exist. And so yep. I like that they showed Mel having this dalliance with Marianne mm-hmm. while showing her... Also, yep. in her home, talking to Lindsay. And this is where Mel loses me. Although she's been gone all night, she's not answering her phone at all. Lindsay's still loving. Hey, where were you? Yeah. I was worried about you. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get in, t- in touch with you. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like nagging, but it was a concern. Yeah. It was a worry. Like, come to bed. And Mel is cold-hearted. Yeah, she's dealing with her own guilt and stuff, but still, like... She was very selfish. Well, I mean, clearly, because she's out. Here's the thing. I'm not a fan of cheating. Okay? (laughs) Like, I understand things happen in relationships, and there might be a person might feel like they have reason to go cheat, but I'm like, you take a person's choice away Mm -hmm. when you do that. Because if you just come to me like, look, I see this person over here. I like them, and I, you know, kind of want to see if there's anything with it. Like, just be upfront and give me the choice to say there's something I can live with or something I can't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But And so Mel was selfish in doing that. But also, yeah, like you said, selfish in not telling Lindsay where she was going and then um, she could have been my girl yeah i mean when she and came then, to that door yeah being cold when she been? was there yeah so Lindsay's like where were you she says nowhere i was out do i not have any time for yeah, myself am i not allowed yeah time for myself she's like i told you i went for a cigarette and but you can also see like she is feeling the weight of it too uh she this, should yeah though. and Lindsay says you know i was just worried and then um she ultimately asks her well are you all right and then we see when she was at Marianne's house, Marianne asked her, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Well, she responded to Marianne and she said, I'm fine. But you could like see the hurt. Yeah. the mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the, the guilt, guilt and, you know, the immediate regret and remorse on her face there. But when Lindsay asks her that, she just says, I'm going to go sleep in the guest room. Like, she can't even answer her. Right. You know? She had no defense for, for herself in that moment. And Lindsay was like trying to show intimacy. Yeah. Touched her on she the reached shoulder. out to her to reconnect with her mm-hmm. and Mel just, yeah, couldn't do so it. Right it asked the question, what hoops does she have to jump through? Yeah. She's trying her hardest to juggle everything mm-hmm. and to get on your good graces. Yeah. And you're not even giving her an inch. Yeah. Hell, not they even a just, centimeter. Yeah, they are just not... They can't get to... They can't both get to the same page at the same time. You right. know, when Lindsay's wanting to work on it, Melanie's not. When Melanie's mm-hmm. wanting to work on it, Lindsay's not. Like, they just... They can't arrive at the same place at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, while that's going on, Emmett gets a house call from a half-dressed Zach O'Toole. <laughs> and Emmett's just praising his accolades and, you know, his acting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, acting. making small talk or not-so-small talk. That tool. Yeah. In the scene, Emmett is about to have one of his dreams come true. Yes. Maybe. I was excited for him. Did you see how wide he opened his mouth? <laughs> baby. Oh, Emmett. Yeah. Oh, like, he got one of them sausages, baby. He got two handfuls. He's hungry. Yeah. So back at Brian's office, and Kip is there, and he, you know, Brian's on his way out. And, um, you know, Kip is trying to do the whole stalking thing. Justin already has that. Yeah. You know, he already has that role. So and he's, you got and, to and audition Justin's for cute. a different part. Exactly. Yeah. Like, come he on is now. adorable, and <laughs> yeah. yeah, you need to find another hobby. Kid. And and also, Brian can read through all the bullshit. Yeah. Kip is being nice and flirty, but every time it resort, it, it comes right back around to work. Yeah, so it seems like yeah. he's trying to get some he kind of game. Yeah, I've seen Kip about a total of five to seven minutes in this episode, and I'm tired of his face. Like, I yeah. don't look at him anymore. <laughs> so where is that? Brian's like, I've already had you speech. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but you can feel it. Like when Brian in this scene right here, you can feel it with Brian. Like, no, hey, when are we going to have dinner? No. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-mm. And then he's like, uh, you know, Brian says, I've got a meeting out of the office. And Kip's like, I hope it's not like our meeting out of the office. I'm yeah. Like, he was like, I'm late. Boy, go away. Yeah. <laughs> hell up out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I smashed um, you twice and you already sprung. Well, and like you said, he keeps like steering it back to work. Despite earlier behavior, Brian is still trying to keep things professional. Mm-hmm. And then he says, he tells Brian, he's like, hey, there's this management opportunity coming up and I want you to recommend me for that position. He says, I think I'd be good. And Brian's like, I think you'd be good too, but not yet. And so he gives him some good advice. Uh, Which I pretty, love. Yeah, he's pretty straightforward. Because like we said, Kip has been there two months and it's like, uh, slow your roll, millennial. Exactly. <laughs> Why know? do you think you should you know, be promoted to a yeah. position that quickly? Yeah. You haven't even put any of the groundwork you in. You haven't proven yourself in the position that you have currently. Thank you. Not for long enough, you mm-hmm. know, for you to 
deserve a promotion like that. You need so, more experience. Yep. Uh, so that's, you know, all Brian is saying, like, it's, it's like, yes, I do think that you, you're, you have, uh, you know, talent and potential and you could go very far, but it's just going to take time. Yeah, just not now. Yeah, don't mm-hmm. rush the process. So then we see we're at the hospital and uh, the baby has been born. Franny and Zoe's baby's born. They have a little boy. And Marianne is talking with Lindsay and I'm looking at her like, I don't know your game. Girl, I got mad. <laughs> One thing I can't stand, like you said, you don't like cheating. But if you are going to cheat, don't have the op don't have your all person. in my face. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's grounds to get your ass whooped. Okay? <laughs> She's skinning and grinning and cheesing and all talking to Mel. Yeah. Stop, girl. You yeah. all in my house. And so I think in Marianne's mind, she thinks that she was helping Melanie out with the problem. She was being a friend. Like, Melanie's down in the dump. She needs to feel desired. She needs to feel heard or whatever. Girl. So. <laughs> she's a smart woman. Okay? She did not think she was helping this girl by throwing that thing on her. Okay? She did not think that. A good friend would have just listened and then told her, girl, yeah. it's late. Take your ass home. Yeah, not, that's true. Yeah, that's not come true. over here for two extra hours and do this nasty right. stuff with me. Yeah. No. Uh-uh. Well, and then she tells Lindsay, she says, I hope you two take care of each other and protect what you've got. You don't want to lose it. She's not saying it with the face. It's like, ha ha, yeah, not messy. But not messy. But, but why just, say that? Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't even know us. Right. Like, because Lindsay doesn't even know that doesn't even know that you and Melanie right at this point she doesn't know yeah yeah Yeah, she doesn't know yeah that y'all have had anything other than like hi and bye at At the the baby shower yeah Yeah. so uh -uh. so just to say that now my wheels are turning like what are you talking about yeah who told you something but Lindsay's just kind of like taking a stride like no did you see Lindsay's face (laughs) at first she was looking like what does that mean yeah since she looked nice she didn't take anything about yeah. it. Yeah, you know? well, and she has, she probably at that point didn't think that Mel would do anything like right. that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, okay, so then Mel walks into the room and it's almost similar to the pilot, you know, it's a room full of lesbians yeah. and all turn to look at the door. <laughs> and it's Brian, Justin, yeah. and uh, Michael. Yeah, but this time it's, it's just Melanie. And, you know, they told her that um, our yeah, baby was just born. And like, hey, you mm-hmm. guys were just here. Isn't this exciting? You know, y'all were here not too long ago. And Melanie and Lindsay exchange a look and it's almost like they're like, and things have gone so far downhill since right. that day. You know, mm-hmm. kind of how do we get to that point? And so then we see them go out into the hallway and yeah. that's really what they, that's what they talk about. Like, how did we get here? Um, and Lindsay says that she's now willing to to talk to someone she's like if it'll help i'm willing to do that and i'm here for her yeah i mean she's trying like she's melanie is saying everything is all bad it's all bad she said no we have our problems yeah like but every it's couple. not insurmountable like yeah. we, can, we can move through this we can move forward and then but we find out that you know maybe it's too late uh because melanie tells her well something happened i didn't mean for it to but it did and then slowly Lindsay pieces it together that yeah. Melanie has Infidelity. had this affair. Yeah. But I like how this is shot. And so I'm not sure if this is intentional, but I read this article one day about like, I forget why I was reading it, but it was about like camera angles and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so this was a, a wide shot and the camera was like, our perspective is like from down, from down on the ground uh-huh. down here. And when you see it like that, you're, you take in the whole picture. So right. you're taking in both people's personality, mm-hmm. I mean, perspectives and it puts you in a very non-judgmental space because you're not elevated above a right. person or you're not even equal to them. You're just observing what's happening with mm-hmm. this couple, you know? And so while in some ways I'm more inclined to side with Lindsay on this thing, like we're getting to see how both of them got to this place and how both of them are dealing with it. Right. I mean, originally, you know, I didn't like the way Lindsay was handling everything with Gus, Lindsay still got some, Brian. you know, issues, but she, she, no, she got some issues. She definitely needs to work through those. And I don't think that she was, I think she was so drained. She didn't have enough energy for Mel, but just seeing her, her heart break. I mean, yeah. I, you can literally see because the emotions that's like ultimate running betrayal. over. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She pulled away and her, it was all over her face. It, it almost seemed so real. I mean, real life uh, and her heart was breaking and it broke mine because yeah. she really is a sweet loving woman because she, she does love Mel like yeah, yeah. they got it's like you said yeah we got issues but she does love her and and she is committed to her like they've mm-hmm. been in this committed relationship and then to find out that a person you know, has walked out on that that that's a hard truth to swallow right 
so we need a little bit of levity, a little bit, something a little lighter. So we go over to, Bab- to uh, Babylon with Michael, Ted, Justin, and Brian. And they're talking about Emmett's night with the man rammer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're kind of surprised that, uh, that Justin knows who that is. And Ted kind of looks like he's impressed. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, come on now. Why would you put that past Justin? Yeah, Justin, I know. it's all in the bars. And he's learning everything from Brian Kinney. So. Yes, come on now. <laughs> Yeah. But I like what Brian said. There's a those who can and those who watch porn. Yeah. As in me and Justin, we're good. <laughs> yeah. You two? Yeah. Yeah. Call I can Angela. see why y'all know who he is. Yeah. Uh so then Brian goes off after this guy and like Justin kind of looks to see who he went after and he turns like, mm, that just boosts my self-esteem. Yep. Facts. <laughs> he was not threatened or impressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but then we run into the stalker. Yeah. Kip just happens to be in the back room. Like, oh Kippy, here you are again. And then how do you see Brian off the rip yeah like no that's creepy yeah he had to like, be looking stop. <laughs> yeah it's like hey you want to dance and so he is clearly like high as a kite back there and clearly he doesn't know brian because in babylon brian don't do small talk yeah and then he says yeah we're not in the office so let's get down um and then kip goes in and saying like hey you owe me like i'm gay and you're gay so you owe it to me. Like, you should have gotten me that that position that I was vying for. Which is silly. That is silly. And, but, you know, that's something that happens. I feel like, you know, whether it's with women, with minorities, with gay or lesbian people, like, it's like you have a responsibility to no, open No, I have a responsibility to, to myself, to my own work. For me to bust my ass the way that I got here, yeah. I expect the same from you. Right. And what Brian tells him is basically that. Like, no, you go out there and you do your job, be better than anyone else. Because really, that's going to get you the respect. Mm-hmm. Because if you go out there and it's like, oh, he only brought him in because he's oh, gay. I mean, it's gay. just like nepotism. You know? Exactly. You're only here because your mom is the boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... If you really want to be respected and taken taken seriously, get there on your own merit. Absolutely, you know, don't ride someone else's coattails in there, and that's what Brian is telling him. But clearly, this guy is like immature in the mind. Yeah, and he, I think he's always been told he's so good, he's so good. The way that when he first met Brian, right. Brian took his idea was like it's a great idea. Brian kept telling him doing good job. Yeah, so it, it went to his head. Yeah. so I mean, he's you can't arrogant. put compliments on a resume though. You right. have to put experience. You on have there. to put experience like on achievements and experience. You cannot put compliments on your resume. You cannot. Uh, So (laughs) then we see uh, Ted and Michael out on the street and they probably on Liberty Avenue and you know they're trying to get uh, Emmett on the phone trying to hear you know how his night went and they they happen to see him walking down the street and they kind of want to play by play and they're like tell us what happened how'd it go this is where I'm gonna speak yeah I do not agree the way Michael and um, Emmett handle the situation at all no yeah I, I just can't I mean I think what they're saying, they mean well. Their heart is in the right yes. place, but their actions are a little bit wonky. Yes. And then to tell him that you paid someone right. money to come yeah. over and seduce him? I mean, that's not so a good So you're plan. like pimping me out? Yeah. Almost? Yeah. I mean, come on now. Like, it was almost like when Brian bought Michael that um, first edition comic book. Yeah. And knowing that. You know, Michael, yeah. I mean, um, Dr. David didn't know or couldn't do that. To me, yeah. that's how I feel like it was It was shady. Yeah. Because yeah, we both acknowledge that, yes, they were trying to do something right, something right, something good for their friend, you know, trying to, to help him. But the, the problem is, yeah, the way they went about it was yeah. wrong. And like- also, it's still what Emmett says, like, you're not understanding. This is a real thing to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I really feel like I have to do this or I want to do this or I should do this. And whether or not you agree or whatever, like, the most important thing to do first is just to listen to a person. Yep, Let them listen. feel like, hey, I I hear you. I understand, you know, even if I don't understand all of it, I acknowledge that you're dealing with something. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. But they were just immediately shutting him down. They did. From a loving place, but still immediately shutting him down. But those type of actions, it falls right in alignment with see the light. Exactly. So they really did. Well, and it really, that's what he said. He said, you know, that was an eye opening experience eye-opening experience you helped me prove to myself that i can resist any temptation uh if my resolve is strong enough so mm-hmm. they pushed him even further into yep. see, like because they what they were telling what matt was telling him is like your friends are not going to support you they're going to try all these wild things to try to convince you that their mm-hmm. way is right and that's exactly what the friends were doing he literally just gave him over to the enemy yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 like we said intentions were in the right spot but you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, but the actions were, yeah, not great. Uh, and so 
Ted's upset because he spent, you know, a thousand dollars on this brand of therapy for Emmett and it didn't work out. And so then Emmett says, they told me that you guys would try to prevent me from finding my true self. And then Ted goes into the, you're a big Nelly bottom. And, you know, <laughs> and he goes in the speech and then Emmett almost breaks when Ted insults his share costume, yep. <laughs> but, but he recovers quickly. And he says, you know, I've seen the light regarding my friends also. And he walks away. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm like, I might have to take this journey without them on my own. Which is so sad. Yeah. God. Yeah. Okay, so then we see at Melanie and Lindsay's house, Melanie is packing up to leave. She's going to go stay with her cousin Rita. And uh, Lindsay seems to be offering at least the possibility of working through it. Let's working work it out. You know, Or at least, like, you don't have to leave here. Like, we don't have like, to make these kind of decisions just yeah. yet, you know? Let's just stay here. Let's just here. pause for a minute. Yeah. But Mel's like, nope, there's no way forward. You know? She, you know she's like, I'm but out. How do you cut off that quickly. I mean, I understand yeah. you had some issues, yeah. but just because you had the issues, you didn't stop loving her. How do you just cut off? And then after you make a mistake, she's asking you to stay so y'all can kind of yeah. work through. And you're leaving her with the baby. Yeah. The well, hell? and Lindsay ain't got no jobs. <laughs> yeah, but that means she has to be there 24-7 yeah. with the baby. Where, I mean, Y'all both wanted a child. Right, exactly. Like, That's the thing, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, where's that fight when, yes. you know, when it was between Brian, you yeah. know, th- she was full of fight, you know, mm-hmm. full bulldog then, but now... But now you don't like, want to fight for your family? Fight? Yeah, yeah. Like, come on. But, you know, there are some people who are like that. They just, like, they mess up, and instead of trying to fix their mistakes, they, they just they shut down and run. Yeah, just mm-hmm. cut and run. Mm-hmm. And so that's what Mel is doing right here. And then uh, she goes to the cousin who was already, you know, was already rooting for them to fail. Yeah. yeah. This was like, dude, that's not going to work out. And then, so like, that's like another slap in Lindsay's yeah. face. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. I'm not feeling Melanie at the moment. Yeah. Mel's going to have to redeem herself. So then over at Brian's office, Brad and uh, Bob are trying it again. And the results are no better no. <laughs> with this pitch. Brian's over them. Yeah. So then, and he asked like, where's, where's Kip? Kip? Yeah. <laughs> Well, and, you know, Kip called in sick. Well, if this is the night after, this is the day after the night before, mm-hmm. he's probably thinking, oh, great, you know, he's hungover or whatever because he saw him with the drugs because mm-hmm. he told him not to mix it with beer, but who knows? Uh, so that's, so Brian's probably like, oh, that's where he is. Well, then Ryder, Brian's boss, comes in with a fax from legal and he says that according to Kip, you promised him to help him with his career in exchange for sexual favors. And Brian calls BS on that. Uh, but Kip has filed a sexual harassment claim yeah. against him. Which uh, I was saying earlier. Yeah. It's very tricky. Yeah. I mean, Kip was definitely the aggressor in yeah. all the but situations. Still, as the yeah. authority in that situation, yeah, Brian, Brian should have re- known yeah. not to cross that line. He yeah. definitely should And this is an interesting thing, and it's something that we're going to get into in the next episode, this whole sexual harassment at the office and... Uh, Definitely with it being like I had not seen until this uh, this show I had not seen it between two men you know right. that's something that we're used to seeing on TV with a mm-hmm. man and a woman but you know I've never seen it this way so um, yeah but we'll talk more about that later and with him following this I'm pretty sure at this time like in 2000 99 2000 powerful gay men I mean that was something like you know you really didn't hear and see right. talk about you bringing a negative light to this company right and to a power force, you just ruin your chances. Now, they can't retaliate against you, but, I mean, now they're looking at you in a side eye. Yeah. You, would, you could never go back there. Your reputation's tarnished. Yeah. Um, in the industry. And you only have two months' experience. I mean, it just wasn't the best look. Yeah. Trying to get even because you didn't get your way. Right. So, I mean... Yeah. But anyway, so this episode ends here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it leaves on a great cliffhanger because yeah. I can't can't wait to the next one. Yeah. Just oh, all the emotions, all yeah. the thoughts, all the feelings. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, I, I still just go back to, um, you know, Broadway to go see Zach. <laughs> the, the theater, the Zach, community theater. Zach O'Toole in, in the game. <laughs> That was your highlight for the episode. Yeah, that, that, that was definitely the highlight. Yeah. Yeah, it was the highlight. Well, guys, <laughs> we really enjoy talking to you guys. And we always love getting together to watch the show and discuss yeah. it with you guys. And we're just so gracious that you guys are here to support us. So if you haven't already liked, clicked, and subscribed, please go to www. Well, three W's. <laughs> <laughs> dot LibertyDinerDish.com. And that's our website. Go to our website. Like our website. Leave us comments. You can email us as well. Go to our Instagram, um, Facebook, and our Twitter. That's going to be Liberty Diner Dish. Follow us. Yeah. Leave us any questions. Interact with us. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. We want to hear from you guys. We sure do. And as always, guys, until next time, we are out. Bye. Bye. Bye.